Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Thank you for joining us today on the Travel Tidbits podcast. This is Samantha Harris, travel agent on Pineapple Escapes. In March, a few co-agents and I went to Universal Orlando to enjoy their Mardi Gras celebration. Joining me today to talk about our experience is Jamie Weidel, Sharon Sproul, and Nikki Arden. Mardi Gras at Universal Orlando is my second favorite seasonal event at Universal. In full disclosure, the only way it will ever peak as number one is if they hang up Christmas lights in March and allow the Grinch to throw beads in the Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> Can you just imagine if the Grinch was chucking Mardi Gras beads at people? I think I'm on to something here. Mardi Gras at Universal consists of live concerts, beads, parades, costumes, street performers, and amazing food. I think it's also important to note that this event is 100% family-friendly. Nikki had never been to Mardi Gras at Universal prior to this visit. Can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on your first Mardi Gras experience, Nikki? Yeah, of course. So having done a ton of research before going... I kind of had an idea of what to expect of this trip, but it definitely exceeded my expectations. Everything exceeded my expectations. No, I've never been to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, but I mean, everybody's heard the stories, you know, of what goes on. (laughs) So I was kind of like, you know, all right, so this is going to be, you know, party vibe. I'm going to be honest. You know, New Orleans, Mardi Gras, that's not my scene. You know, I need a little bit more tame. I need I need the family friendly. And I think that Universal really delivered that. And when I say tame, I don't mean that it was less fun. It was it had everything that you would want in a family friendly event with all the fun. It was it was such a good, good party. Like it was just the whole party vibe. I was singing, you know, all those Mardi Gras songs for days afterwards. <laughs> and I I just loved it. I loved everything, you know, everything about it. I think that I'm going to probably make this a regular springtime trip. I mean, what, what more could you ask for? You've got like mild weather and, you know, beignets. So yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, it definitely is a good... Um, family-friendly event. I think that's something, like I said, it's important to note because people think of the the Mardi Gras as the party vibe, and maybe you don't want to take your little kids there. And I think Universal did a fantastic job of capturing that Mardi Gras vibe, but making it okay to have your little kids there. They're not going to see anything that you might not want them to see, <laughs> nothing that's going to traumatize them later. You know, there's nothing, you don't have to be worried about your kids walking away and and needing therapy after, after this (laughs) event. (laughs) Right. I agree. And so, you know, for someone who's not, I'm not a huge, I turn into a pumpkin at like, you know, eight, nine o'clock. So I'm not a huge party person either. So I feel like this was, you know, it was perfect. I loved it. I don't have anything bad to say about it, honestly. It's just the right amount of party. I believe, you know, for somebody who doesn't really like to party, it's enough fun. But, you know, if Nikki wants to turn into a pumpkin, Jamie will turn into a pumpkin with her. (laughs) Yep, for sure. So Sharon, last year was your first visit to Universal um, during Mardi Gras season. 
but it was modified due to COVID. So you had been to the Mardi Gras celebration, but it wasn't the same this year. So can you tell us a little bit about how you felt about this year versus last year and what the difference was? Yeah, absolutely. But first, can we go back to the Grinch throwing or chunking the beads? I can totally picture the Grinch (laughs) and Mickey on the parade, totally ignoring the rules and chunking the beads overhand. Like, right there. Universal, we are on to something. You know, it's... Oh, it is Jamie throwing on overhand, too. I tried very hard to follow the rules. You know it had to come up. I tried very hard to follow the rules. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I I mean, seriously, put the Grinch on this parade, like, angrily, like, throwing beads at people? That would make my day. Yes, that was such a great idea. I mean, the beads aren't really going to hurt you. No, they're not. No, because the crowd is, like, right there. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We're on to something that that really would be good. That's easy for you guys to say. You guys, the ones with the chucking the beads at me. Hey, <laughs> those beads can hurt. I'm telling you, we don't you. know what you're talking about. You were Jamie. chucking them at <laughs> me. Nothing. I felt it. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is hard. I think I was videoing, so I'm not sure <laughs> I was throwing the beads. I don't want to throw anybody under, you know, the Mardi Gras float here. But I think I was videoing this when Jamie got hit in the face with beads. It is. I don't know who it was that hit Jamie in the face. It wasn't me. One no, I guys. hit that it other guy. Totally I hit the other guy in the face by accident. <laughs> like, but Jamie was not me. No, that wasn't me. Yeah. But it is hard to hold okay. a phone and so video and throw. And- <laughs> it's me. <laughs> So, okay. So, yeah. So, I I was there last year. Um, I actually went twice last year during Mardi Gras, one with you all, and then once with my family. And it was it was a lot of fun last year, but the vibe is so was so different this year. So last year, due to COVID, the parade um, was not happening, but they did bring out the floats and had them located all throughout Universal Studios Florida and had their team members who were dressed up out there giving beads out. So you were still collecting the beads. It was fun. I remember the pirates would put the beads on their swords and you sort of had to collect it off the sword. A couple of them were up in the float and would sort of toss them down to you. So you still got that catching them. There was some like on a platform and you actually had to dance to get your beads. So I have a video of the kids like (laughs) dancing so they could get their beads. So it was a lot of fun. Universal did a lot of work to make the magic happen last year. But this year, hands down, Oh my heavens, this has to be a yearly thing that we do. It was so much fun. And we can't go, okay, we're going to go no matter what. But if we can really get on the parade, like on a float, that is absolutely (laughs) the best way to do it. Chunking, tossing, underhand, however the beads are coming out, that was, that truly was fabulous. Even when you're throwing underhand, I mean, so can we just go ahead? Yeah. Can we just, you know, stop in and just kind of explain to everybody how you actually get onto a float? Because not many people, I didn't know beforehand, before going. So it might help out people who are going to plan to travel next year. How how did they get on to one of these parade floats? So if you are a universal annual pass holder, then you get an email when they release 
the list, I guess, where you can sign up to write a float. So if you are an annual pass holder, then you get kind of first dibs at that. We didn't, all of us in our group didn't have annual pass holders, so we didn't sign up that way. But the day of when you're in the park, they will release it on the app and you can kind of grab a spot like you were doing a virtual queue for a ride. But unfortunately, they only let us sign up for three people. We had four of us in our group. So Jamie had ridden a float previously. So she graciously offered to step aside and be our videographer while somebody threw beads at her in appreciation. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you can get on the float, like, so I had done, uh, I had been to Mardi Gras previously, like pre-COVID and during COVID. So I thought that I had the full Mardi Gras experience. But I was not aware that you could even ride the float. So to me, like the being on the float was such a game changer. I really enjoyed the vibe of being on the float and the crowd and the interaction. And people were just so much fun and the loud music. And our float had like fire on the top of it. I mean, you just felt like you were the coolest person in the park for 30 minutes. Yes. And not only fire, but we had confetti too. So we really had like fire, confetti, the party, the music, (laughs) like we had it. We were on a good float. But there was one thing I had that I did not know or I did not realize until this year was the crocodile float. That thing is massive. It is really long. Like it is like, is it four or five (laughs) floats put together where last year they only had the head out. And so I thought that was the float and he looked cool. I never really processed. Well, hold on. This crocodile has no tail, you know, but that thing. Yeah, he's (laughs) he's he's large, very large. Yeah. So they have different. So from my understanding and and Samantha, even many times you can uh, explain a little bit more in detail, but they have like the, the crocodile. Well, is it a crocodile or is it an alligator since it's Louisiana bio? Oh, maybe an alligator. Is it a gator? Oh, may okay. Well gosh, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have to look this up. <laughs> this would be a question for my eight year old. So I can tell you the differences between a crocodile and an alligator. I cannot, so let's just let's just let's move on. Okay. We know what we're talking about and move on. Okay. So that float and a couple of other floats, those are ones that they have yearly, annually, like every single year they have that same float. And then this year they had a different, they had a theme and it was kind of like a space theme, like a party out of this world theme. Mm-hmm. And so they had specific floats decorated to that theme. So they do, they're making floats every year for their specific theme. And then of course they have the old floats that they they have every single year, such as the gator slash crocodile. Um, <laughs> whenever we do the research to figure out which one that is, so I thought that was really neat that they kind of inter intermixed the old and the new together, and that they have that out of this world thing, which was kind of neat. I mean, they had a, a, they had people dressed as aliens and you know space men and women and all kinds of uh, different universe you know galactic creatures it was was really neat yeah that one took me I was a little bit slow to pick up on that theme I think so when we watched the parade so we were there three different nights so the first two nights we watched the parade and the third night we were actually in it but with the first time I watched it I'm like 
I'm not really sure what the astronauts has to do with Mardi Gras. Like, I wasn't expecting to see astronauts and planets in the parade. And that one caught me off guard. So I don't think it was till night two that I kind of picked up on the theme. It wasn't until we went to the tribute store that I picked up on the theme. So you're doing even a lot better than me. (laughs) So, Jamie, you have been previously during COVID, pre-COVID, and you had ridden the float before. So what were your thoughts on this year versus previous years and kind of on the Mardi Gras um, experience overall? I really feel like Universal just keeps getting better and better with the whole celebration and how it's all organized. Yeah, I had ridden the parade in the parade before, which is why I let you guys do it this time. I'm like, I've done that. It's all good. But I do feel like the vibe was better this year. And I I think there's a lot of things that are contributing to that. They are adding a lot more food booths. There's a lot more options. And they're really trying to hype it up. And I feel like it's getting bigger and better as the years go by. And I also really liked the concert series that was on the weekends during Mardi Gras this year. Um, We tried to catch a little bit of some of the concerts. Not really my biggest thing ever, but it was kind of neat to just feel that vibe with the whole Mardi Gras vibe as well, which I thought was a nice touch and a nice addition to the whole theme. But I feel like they have more food booths, bigger parade, longer parade, more options, plus the tribute store. I mean, I feel like they're just really going above and beyond and making it better and better every year. And and that's great to see and great for us to experience too. I will agree with that. Um, like I said, I had been pre-COVID and we had been on a concert night and it was, we seen Cool in the Gang there, which, you know, if you know, you will completely tell your age if you know any of their music. <laughs> but but I remember kind of going, we would listen to a song or two and then my son would want to go ride a ride and then we would go back and it, you didn't have that experience this time. I think everything is way busier I felt like the crowd, even though coming out of COVID, the crowd there this time versus the previous times that I had been prior to COVID was not the same. It was much busier than the first time I had experienced Mardi Gras at Universal. You know, I, think- I would agree completely. I, I think it just, and I think Universal in general is getting bigger too. True. Yeah. I mean, I think what's happened before COVID, I mean, it's almost like Universal seems to be this well-hidden secret, even though... I mean, you go now, it's very busy, but I think people, more people are starting to realize it's there and what they offer for adults, for teens, for families. And it's really starting to grow. I mean, with the Wizarding World there and now with the future of Epic Universe and Mario and all these pieces, more people are really like, I think, like, oh, hold on. There's this other theme park world that's, you know, right down the road from the mouse. And it's really starting to pick up, you know, and I think that may be what's happening. Like people didn't know it was there. And because Universal, when, as we were slowly coming out of COVID, was one of the first who was like, okay, masks are optional if you're vaccinated or things like that. Like people started really attracting themselves to it. That's a total guess though. Do you think too that, I mean, Social media and internet and podcasts like this have helped Universal tremendously because, I mean, honestly, Disney doesn't have to advertise. Prior to internet, you know, when I was a kid, I still knew Disney existed. 
But Universal has been there for several years. And I don't know that people, you know, you just, it's not the same. People don't, everybody doesn't know it's there and everybody doesn't know what it has to offer. And so I do feel like in the past, I don't know, seven years or so, even just the past, just where we go every year, it seems like every year is busier and busier. I think the wizarding world has had a lot to do with universal success. I mean, obviously, I I had been to Universal back in the dark ages, right? Like 20 years ago, I was there. But I feel like it's really been the wizarding world that has really opened up Universal and changed the whole dynamic there. And I think Epic Universe will do the same thing. I agree. I Like I said, I've been to Universal many, many times. I've only gone in the summer. So I think that, you know, like, so what brought me to Universal, actually, I've been before even Wizarding World. So we've always enjoyed coming to Universal. I know that in high school, a lot of the schools would go to Universal versus Disney for things like band night and like grad night. They've always had those type of events. And so that's kind of when, like when I was very young, would go. And then, of course, that just stuck with like summertime. You know, you go to Universal at summertime. But now that I have been to some of these seasonal events, it's really kind of made me kind of turn my idea around about, you know, the the season in which I go to Universal because I don't want to miss out on these seasonal events. They're so much fun. And, you know, I just, I have truly been missing out these, you know, past several years because they are so much fun. But I think that one of the reasons why it was so busy when we went was because we we went in March and that's when a lot of schools are out for spring break. So there was a ton of spring break crowds. So you've got that. And then you've got also that a lot of people, you know, I hate to compare the two with like the other, you know, Disney and Universal, but you, you have to because they're the, the two biggest theme parks in Orlando. So you can't help but compare them to. But one of the things that always drew me to Universal is the fact that they, um, when you stay on site, when you stay at, a, at one of their premier resorts, you get that unlimited express pass. So that's why we always went because we could stay at the premier resorts. We have a nice, very nice accommodations. And then we get unlimited front of the line access to every, just about, just about, not every, but just about every single ride. And you don't get that perk at you know, at Disney, so that's one of the things. And I think a lot of people are kind of, especially post COVID, when some of the perks that you used to have, they're not coming back. And I think I think that's why a lot of people were like, "Well, you kind of seem to get a little bit more at Universal for more for your more bang for your buck." I think so. I think that plays a huge part in the crowds at Universal because I know that I, I mean, it's based on some of the clients that I've sold. They have, you know, they started off as Disney clients. And then when we're comparing apples to apples, they're like, okay, I think uh, let's, let's try Universal. And then they end up booking a premier resort at Universal. That's happened like three times this, this past, you know, this past year alone. So I think that plays a part in it as well. I think a, uh, for me, we've always felt like the, um, a weekend at Universal tends to be more relaxing. There's less preparation, um, less no five o'clock mornings for dining reservations. It's less planning. You know, you can walk to the parks. You can walk to both parks from each park. You can walk from your hotel. If you've had, so when we first visited, Andrew was just a few months old and he's eight now. So, but even then, so you've got the stroller and you don't have to break it down to get on one bus and then break it down to get on this bus. And 
break it down to get on the Skyliner or the whatever is going, you know. So it was just so much easier that we could put him in the stroller. We could walk to the park. If Matthew wanted to go to the other park, we could walk to that park. If Andrew needed a nap, I could walk back to the hotel and take him, you know, inside for a little bit while the boys, the other ones stayed at the park. So for us, it just seemed like the first time we went there, it was just so much easier and less stressful. Now in saying that, I know this podcast is about Universal. My boys still love Disney. We enjoy them both, but their experiences are different. But I do feel like Universal overall has done a fantastic job with their seasonal events. I know we kind of all joke because Christmas is my favorite, but I love Mardi Gras season. I don't as much love Halloween Horror Nights, but there are people that truly book their hotels a year out in anticipation of the nights that Halloween Horror Nights is going to be there. And so they do a fantastic job of, hey, you don't go to Universal once a year. You have to go four times a year. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I can see see myself doing that. Yeah. And Mardi Gras, I mean, one of the best parts, too, is the food. I mean... We tried so many yummy things. I think we just sort of snacked our way through several meals. Lauren and myself, I don't know, Nikki, you may have tried. Like, there was a couple of different, I'm going to call them rum punches just for really the lack of what they were actually called. But there was different flavors. So I know we had the pineapple one. There was another one that Lauren and I had. It was like a pink color. Literally, I don't even remember. But they were so delicious. And, you know, there were just small cups and... I didn't feel like I was getting tipsy, but I could enjoy, you know, that adult beverage, just that sip and keep going, you know, like I could still ride the rides and I could still walk myself out of the park, you know, too. So it was, I think those (laughs) food and food and drink booths that are around the park at Mardi Gras really are a nice touch that they don't have at other times either. I think it's neat that they have like the map and everything that has what's at each booth and like all of them have the different drinks and different snacks and different options. I love that part. I think that that kind of has, here I'm saying a Disney word again, but an Epcot feel like of, you know, the whole dine around the world. Like here's all of this different Mardi Gras food that you can experience and try and kind of gives you a kind of a different feel. And I, I like that too. I think that's a really nice touch. I liked how it was very, it was kind of like a history of Mardi Gras through food. Mm -hmm. Because when we say different countries, like it was basically telling you like the origins of, you know, where this party, this festival originated from. So you had, you know, food from different parts of the world. I mean, beignets didn't originate in New Orleans, you know, they originated in France. So it's like, there's a reason why they have the different foods featured during the festival and then they kind of showed you just with the map that Jamie mentioned they showed you just kind of a history of Mardi Gras through food and I mean that's that's all my favorite things that you teach me through food I mean that's just that's great to me (laughs) I'm in I'm in (laughs) clearly we're all in because if we're being honest this trip was planned to go for the food not the parade the parade was like icing on the cake but we went for the cake and so that's the one thing that I feel like if, if you could combine them, we talked about this recently in another podcast. If you could bring me some of this food during Christmas, I mean, life would be much better, but they don't have these kind of food offerings during the Christmas season. And I love the Mardi Gras food. I love, I mean, our favorite, you've 
heard us say this a hundred times, Sharon and I, is the the shrimp boil and then the beignets. And yep. and we're going to eat them every time we go there that they're offered. And we probably ate too many of them, to be honest, but they were really good. No. <laughs> Nikki's shaking her head. No, we didn't eat too many. <laughs> I, we could have definitely had a little bit more. I'm, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> I, I think that that picture needs to be our graphic for this episode, yes. the picture of all of yes. our food like, laid out. It took up the entire table. Like there was, <laughs> yes. It was just full of food. So to give everybody and an idea. It turns out that that was really just the appetizer because... <laughs> well, to give everybody an idea, I mean, all the other food that we tried, ahead, we... Sharon. To give, like... So all the other food that we tried... We shared it. Like everybody took a bite or two or things like that. When it came to the shrimp boil and the beignets, we all had to have our own. There was no sharing. Like that was, <laughs> no, that wasn't an option with that. When we say we go for the shrimp boil and beignets, like we're not kidding. This is real. <laughs> sharing was <laughs> off limits there. We're like, we need five orders of this and five orders of this. Yes. <laughs> and then we ate all of it. Yes, and we then. Did. It turns out that that was the appetizer because we finished all of that food and Jamie went and ordered something else. Yeah, those, was it yeah. the corn or crab It was some sort of, things? what was it, the fried something? Yeah, like corn or crab. It was a, they were like the crushed puppy yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. The, They were good too. They were really <laughs> yes, good. They were. And we got really. pineapple punch then too. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to pull up the food that we ate, guys, because people are going to be like, what are they talking about? So, they had a Brazil section, and it was located at a Hollywood, the restaurant in the Hollywood section of Universal in Cafe uh, La Bamba. And they were um, the chicken, okay, guys, C-O-X-I-N-H-A. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't either, so you're good. <laughs> there were these chicken were fritters, deep fried yeah. fritters. They were, they were very good. And then that's where we had the pineapple punch as well, which was also very good. I saw pineapple punch and just decided we needed to order it. I <laughs> So, it was all good. Okay, ladies. So, before we wrap up, I want you guys to each tell me what was your favorite part of Mardi Gras? I think everybody, I think we've kind of covered it, but let's just recap here. Who do you want to start with? Okay, yeah, let's start I'll with start. Jamie. Well, I mean, this is a no-brainer, right? It's obviously the food. <laughs> The beignets, the shrimp boil, the fritters, the pineapple punch, all of it. Even the weird marshmallow pie thing where the chocolate was too dark. I liked that too. So, I mean, everything I ate was good and fun and the food, by far the food. Nikki? So I'm going to go with the vibe. I liked the whole party. I loved all the music that was playing. I think I was singing the beat. Don't fail me now. Feet don't fail. I was singing that <laughs> for days. And not and not like in a oh my god, I can't get this song out of my head way, but it was like, oh, it's just reliving the the party over and over again. It was so much fun. And I, so I think the entire vibe, it was the weather was nice. So they have it in the springtime, which is perfect weather. The in the evening when we had the parade, we just got lucky and the, the weather was very mild that weekend. And it was not hot, so there was a breeze, and then you got the the floats coming by. Just the whole party vibe—that was my favorite. I could just, you know, remember that for until next year when I go again. <laughs> Sharon, my favorite is riding in the parade. I mean, hands down, I 
I will go to Mardi Gras every year. I will love it every year, but it just won't quite be the same if we cannot be in the parade. That really is an experience that you just get no other place. Like, I mean, we I think we've all been in parades in our hometowns or things like that. But until you're throwing beads to the song that Nikki just <laughs> sang for us, like that is that's something. I agree. But I love that all like if you take each one of your favorite parts, you really just wrapped up, summed up Mardi Gras. And that's what I love about it. I love the food. I love the vibe. I love the love the parade. I don't know if you guys can see my little board back here. I have some of my beads pinned up to my cork board in my office. Just as I don't know, a reminder of, you know, we work hard and I know people don't see that part of our job. People see us laughing and throwing beads at people and people see the food and people hear us and how much of a good time we have when we're together. And we do. I I love traveling with you guys. We have a great time together, but we work hard and the work. So we deserve the Mardi Gras beads and we deserve <laughs> to have that little bit of fun sometimes. And, and it makes the hard times worth it. It reminds me of why I'm doing what I do. I am working at this job, you know, that's commission only and sometimes working for free and sometimes canceling things and not getting paid for a job that you worked for. And it's part of it. And there's, you know, sometimes valid reasons why clients have to cancel. And that's completely not the point of this. But we do a lot of work. And so those fun times remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm doing this so that I can enjoy my life more than I was working 50 hours a week in an office from a set time to, you know, till five o'clock and then leaving and still having work to do when I get home and missing things with my kids. I changed the direction of my career so that I could enjoy my life a little bit more. And so those Mardi Gras beads remind me of the days that, you know, there's good days and there are bad days. And those Mardi Gras beads remind me of the good days. I have to speak up. I love that, Samantha. And if you remember from my office, I have a bulletin board right above my desk and I put little things like that above my desk, like pictures of all of us together, different cards that you guys have sent me or given me, different things that remind me of those good times. And I, I think that that's a good reminder too. Like this job is a ton of work and a lot of heartache some days, but we do have fun together and we need to be reminded of, of those great times. And so that makes me happy. And that's the whole idea of Mardi Gras, you know, let the good times roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. And we had a lot of good that's times. Right. So I do appreciate all of you ladies for when I say, oh, Mardi, you know, Universal has released their Mardi Gras concert date. And Jamie says, ooh, Gavin DeGraw sounds fun. And I said, I could do that. And literally within, I think there's a post in our Facebook group how this one was like a record, literally within less than 40 minutes of Mardi Gras or Universal releasing their concert lineup for Mardi Gras, less than 40 minutes later, Jamie and I both already have flights booked. (laughs) And so I do appreciate, you know, you guys are always ready to hop on a plane or in Nikki's case, drive over to Orlando and meet us. And Nikki's offered to, you know, load down her car with 12 packs of Diet Cokes for the rest of us. So that's very much appreciated. But, you know, sometimes, so in this industry, you have to travel, you have to learn, 
you have to know your destinations to be able to sell them. And I couldn't do that on my own. So I do appreciate you guys letting the good times roll. Whoop, whoop. Right? But Nikki, this was your first trip. I was, you know, have on my notes to ask you, but I think I already know the answer to this question. Will you go to Mardi Gras again? Yes. <laughs> Only if you guys come with me. Well, no. Aww. We will. We're ready. <laughs> Let's start planning. It'll make it better if you guys come with me. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess right. we should get that booked after we get on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you really don't have to twist our arms. You just have to send us pictures of shrimp boil, and then <laughs> somebody books their flight immediately. Not going to call Sharon out, but we know each other's weaknesses, and sometimes we use them to our own advantage. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for listening to us today. If you liked today's episode, we'd appreciate if you would leave us a review, share our podcast with your friends. We would love to plan a trip for you to experience Mardi Gras at Universal or at any other time. So if you're interested, reach out to your favorite Pineapple Escapes agent, or you can email us at info at pineappleescapes.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.